Now our theme this morning is cultures of motherhood, uh, which is the idea of our speaker, Jennifer Askey. And she's been a member of our UCE family since September 2018, and formerly was a member at First Unitarian Church in Hamilton, Ontario, and the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship in Manhattan, Kansas. I love that name. Jennifer is passionate about Unitarianism, feminism, and raising the next generation of strong women in the world. We began by remembering strong women of First Nations people whose land we share. Mothers and grandmothers who were often leaders of their nations. Elders who helped make decisions for the welfare of their people. In the next picture, you will see uh, that banner, Medicine Wheel banner, that was dedicated in our church last year through the efforts of Gordon and uh, other people. And in the picture, you can see uh, Elder Rose Wabaska from the Cree Nation and Robert Begg, a member of our church and also a member of the Métis Nation. Each quarter of the medicine wheel reflects concepts that are relevant to us today. On the wheel, you will see four sections and each section rep represents the four sacred directions. The spirit of the East, is a spirit of air, of morning and springtime. It is a time of beginnings and of courage in times of danger. The spirit of the South represents Mother Earth, who gives us strength, the duty and power to care for all living and growing things. The spirit of the West is the spirit of water, the life-giving force of community, where the heartbeat of the universe begins. The spirit of the north represents both darkness and the white cold where wisdom begins, where the real journey of life ends. Blessed be our intention today to honor all of our mothers, wherever they are in the world, close to its beginning or in our time, who share their knowledge with us teaching through their stories of the earth and all its people are one in relationship. We'll begin with the prelude by the Wailing Jennies, uh, expanding on the idea of being one. One voice, then two, then all people in one relationship. Thank you. 
of all of us. So we're kindling the chalice, as you can see on the next slide. And the poem that I have is by Joanne Elder Gomez, a, a CUC um, um, member. And she says this, we light this chalice for our foremothers, the pioneers who created kitchens and homes out of wilderness and on floundering determination. The artisans who invented soup and poultices from plants, herbs, and roots. The wise women who brought babies into the world and held elders in the world of memory. The teachers, preachers, wordsmiths who told ancient stories behind desks, pulpits, podiums, and kitchen tables. May we honor these women who shared our faith and convictions May we understand how their example influenced our lives as we make our own journey through time. Oh, 
The reason I picked that song is I wanted to add a little female motherhood in exuberance to the, the service today. Now, Carolyn McDade traveled to South Africa to join a, a women's singing group there, and this was the result of that song in a CD called The Gift of Many Struggles. So the next part of our, our, our service is going to be taken over by Andrew Mills. I had to have his wonderful voice to uh, talk about sharing our abundance. Thank you, Audrey. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support the staff and programs of our church. During this time when we are meeting virtually, there's a number of electronic methods you can use to support the church. First, we thank everyone who has set up ongoing automatic donations. If you don't use automatic donations, then I encourage you to set them up. Contact me and I'll help you to get them started. To donate by credit card, you can use the Canada Helps Payment Service. There is a link on the UCE webpage. It's also possible to send an interact bank transfer to the church using your online banking. Send your payment to the church office email, which is chadmin at uce.ca. Each month, UCE identifies a charity with whom we would normally share half of our unidentified contributions. During our virtual gatherings, we don't have unidentified contributions, but we know that these charities still need funding. This month's outside charity is the Youth Empowerment and Support Services, YES. We encourage you to donate to YES directly through their website, which is yess.org. You can find this and more donation information on the church website. Go to uce.ca, click on the Canvas tab, which is up near the top, and then you'll see more on a page called How to Donate. So I'll now lead the singing of From You I Receive. We'll mute everybody's microphones to make it easier for you to sing along at home. Are you ready? From you I receive, to you I give. Together we share, and by this we live. From you I receive, to you I give. Together we share, and by this we live. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you, thank you, Andrew. Here's my hand. As the heart longs for the water brook, so longs my heart for you. Here's my hand. Though I keep it close beside me, it would reach for you if only you were near. I caught you wandering in my heart like sounds upon the sea among the listening aspens. Thoughts of you at times pass through my mind like swallows taking flight. I hear your voice in the rustling of their wings. Here's my hand. 
heart longs for the water brook, so longs my heart for you. Here's my hand, though I keep it close beside me, it would reach for you if only you were near. Let me think that there is one among these stars that guides my life through unknown paths of darkness. There's a cloud that stands so humbly in the corner of the sky That when morning comes with splendor it is crowned Here's my hand As the heart longs for the water brook So longs my heart for you Here's my hand Though I keep It would reach for you if only you were near. The mighty desert is burning for the love of a blade of grass. If you shed a tear when you miss the sun, you'll also the stars Here's my hand As the heart longs for the water brook So longs my heart for you Here's my hand Though I keep it close beside me It would reach for you If only you were near Here's my hand As the heart longs for the water brook, so longs my heart for you. Here's my hand, though I keep it close beside me, it would reach for you if only you were near. It would reach for you if only. special dedication to all mothers, but particularly mothers who have died, and in particular to the mothers of Gordon Ritchie and Robert Begg, a special dedication with love. Now we will begin our uh, homily, and I've already introduced Jennifer Asti to you, and I turn it over to you, Jennifer, take it away. Thank you, Audrey. Good morning, everybody. It's been nice to see everybody's faces. Um, and yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about Mother's Day. It's cultures of Mother's Day, and it's kind of radical cultures of Mother's Day. That's my, that's my plan this morning. So on Thursday, my family was out on a walk, and my youngest daughter, who's 16, asked me if I knew that Mother's Day was this coming weekend. And she said this in a way like, oh, nobody, nobody's heard about this. Like, we're not in school. Life is not normal. Time has no more meaning. Are you aware there's a holiday in your honor coming up? Thanks, kid. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and this conversation is probably an indication of how seriously our little family of four leans into Hallmark card approved holidays. We don't do much for Mother's Day or Father's Day or Grandparents' Day or Valentine's Day. And um, I'll confess that we're not super awesome with birthdays either. Both of my children have April birthdays and um, April quarantine birthdays stink. <laughs> so that. <laughs> and Mother's Day this year is, is not business as usual, even if you're really into Mother's Day, right? Because it's not business as usual, it's, it's for me an opportunity to think about other other meanings for the day. And there are three that I want to share with you. I'm going to start with sort of early Mother's Day and serious stuff and then um, end with something a little bit more fun, but also a bit more radical. I'm sure that if you're on social media at all, or even getting the newspaper, there's probably an article about the earliest Mother's Day. So I'll recap that briefly. Mother's Day, as it is currently celebrated in North America and most of Europe, stems from a 1908 memorial to her own mother that Anna Jarvis held at a Methodist church in West Virginia in the United States. The mother who was honored that day was Anne Reese Jarvis, who had died in 1905, and she had been a tireless activist for peace and had tended to and cared for wounded soldiers on both sides of the United States Civil War. The Civil War tore apart what was then a much smaller United States. It was fought between 1861 and 1865. And it's kind of difficult to imagine from our vantage point 160 years later, but the Civil War remains the deadliest war in the United States and was responsible for the death of 10% of Northern men between the ages of 20 and 40, and the death of 30% of Southern men between the ages of 18 and 40. These are battlefield deaths, and of course, in addition to deaths of untold and uncounted numbers of civilians and slaves. By honoring Anne Reese Davis, her daughter, uh, Anne Reese Jarvis, excuse me, her daughter, Ann Jarvis, um, was making a very explicit call for peace and a claim to mothers as symbols of universal peace and universal love and a recognition of the toll that the grief of war laid at the feet of the mothers of the dead. So this, this symbolism of mom as the griever, as the heart of the family, as the caretaker, as the tender. That's this really emotional um, role of motherhood that, that was elevated in the 19th century. Um, there's a great English poem called The Angel in the House that's all about women, young and old, being the soul and the spirit of the home. And this notion is pretty outdated in 2020 because we know that both women and men are capable of deep emotional responses. We know that both women and men are capable of ready and decisive action. And we know that women and men are not maybe the only two categories of human that we have. But the, mothers, the history of Mother's Day as a call to peace is one that I think we can, we can hold on to. 
and is particularly important in, in our century of sort of interminable war and conflict. So that's one story about Mother's Day. Another culture of Mother's Day is, we look sort of to the other half of Europe, to Eastern Europe, but the same part, the same time in history. So International Women's Day, which is celebrated on March 8th, came into being around the same time as Anna Jarvis's Mother's Day, but in Europe. So it starts pretty much in Berlin um, as early as 1904. So in Germany and Denmark and Finland and other places, um, Switzerland, France, there are organizations dedicated to expanding rights and access to privilege for European women. So these are organizations that are advocating for women's right to vote, the right to matriculate at a university, the right to study what they wanted to at the university once they get there, the right to own property, the right to speak on their own behalf in court, those sorts of things, sort of becoming fully legal human beings. Um, and for them, this Women's Day is a call for suffrage and other things. When International Women's Day gets officially recognized in 1911, the women who are advocating for this are agitating for a list of things that I think in 2020 seems sort of depressingly familiar, um, a brief list. They were agitating in 1911 for the right to an abortion, the right to equal pay for equal work, the obligation of the state to compensate motherhood via free child care and or grants to parents of children, access to family planning, etc., etc. So the creation and spread of International Women's Day looks a bit different than Anna Jarvis's campaign for Mother's Day in the United States. Rather than elevating motherhood as a symbol of peace, women like um, Clara Zetkin in Germany and her supporters in Europe and also in North America were politically committed socialists. So they're committed to equality for women of all economic and social ranks, regardless of whether or not they're mothers. They're calling for equality in the workplace for women was radical even for their male socialist counterparts. But the world begins to see the necessity for this as things like the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire in New York City reveal some of the really dreadful working conditions for the poor. So this fire actually contributes to the popularization of the socialist cause for women that International Women's Day is about. So socialist women are demanding access to abortion and family planning. And this also sort of points out a difference in tendency between Mother's Day and International Women's Day, where International Women's Day gets to represent the struggle to give women full human autonomy in a way that celebrating women's roles as mothers doesn't, right? So we have you know, the angel in the house, the emotional soul of the home, Mother's Day. And then we have the International Women's Day that is about elevating women to full and equal humanity. International Women's Day retains its socialist commitments. If you go to their website, you can read all about the socialist roots of International Women's Day. And so it doesn't surprise me much that it isn't as widely celebrated in North America as um, Mother's Day is. Research on the worldwide spread of Mother's Day 
indicates that florists played a significant role in popularizing Mother's Day. <laughs> like literally florists said, this is a great thing. They're doing it in the States. Let's do it in England. Oh, wow, this is amazing. They're doing it in the States. Let's do it in Germany because people will buy flowers from us. On a German website outlining the history of International Women's Day, there is a section that reads, flowers don't bring equality. Okay, so two different days celebrating women in two different ways. Um, so we have sentimental flowery Mother's Day. We have strident sign-waving International Women's Day. And maybe these are two ends of a spectrum of thinking about how to recognize and honor women. And I'd like to add another image of motherhood that comes from the queer community and invites us to expand our understanding of what it means to be a mother and what it means to be a woman. So in our family, our non-sentimental, not really big into Mother's Day family, we are big fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I'm pausing for the laughter here. Okay, thank you. RuPaul's Drag Race is a reality show where up and coming drag queens compete against each other to be crowned America's next drag superstar. Drag queens are by definition, gay men who put on very fancy and fabulous women's clothes and dramatic makeup and perform. RuPaul is arguably the most famous drag queen in North America, a black man over six feet tall who when dressed as a woman in a fabulous wig and ball gown is the poster image for the word glamazon. The reason RuPaul shows up in my version of a celebration of motherhood is because what RuPaul and the queens before her in the New York scene that led to the Stonewall riots in 69, what they demonstrate and what RuPaul demonstrates on his show is the power of chosen family. The drag family and much of the LGBTQT family in general is demonstrably a chosen family. Not everyone has the luxury of a supportive mother or a healthy family. And even some LGBTQT folk do choose to augment their biological ties with a family of choice that represents a variety of experience that being gay in the world is like. So in an era when young men are still ostracized for being gay or for dressing up like women or being flamboyant or being femme, the presence of an older person who's been through it all and come out on the other side provides a queer maternal image for us all to celebrate. So the young men competing in RuPaul's Drag Race refer to RuPaul as Mama Ru and they're acknowledging them that she's bringing them up. She's raising them in a tradition and providing them with the comfort and the tough love that any journey of growth requires. If you've ever seen the documentary on the New York drag scene in the 80s called Paris is Burning, there are drag queens profiled in that movie that talk about the houses of drag. So you know, instead of gangs, they, we have houses and the drag queens who lead these houses where again, they're bringing up young men in this tradition. Um, they are also the mothers of these houses. And it's a really beautiful, beautiful depiction of an alternative kind of family where, where gay men are the mothers. 
and we know that mothering is not only a role for those, biolo those biological women who have given birth to their biological children. Mothering is caretaking, and caretaking is looking out for both the individual good and for the greater good. And female vulnerability and emotionality sort of hides a long tradition of fierce resistance that women are a part of. And it masks a tradition of imagining the world not as it is, but as it could be. So when I think of Mother's Day, I don't jump into flowers and cards and whatnot, although I am going to call my mom and my grandma later and tell them I love them. But I think of the possibility that celebrating femininity in all of its forms and celebrating caretaking and raising up, all that represents for what our world could be whether it's peace, whether it's equality, whether it's openness and caring, all of those things are part of my Mother's Day. So my wish for all of us, may you feel close to the family of your choice today. May you advocate for those in need and may you have a tireless advocate in your own corner. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you.
we have meditation. The meditation is about a mother speaking to her daughter. It's called Mother Wisdom Speaks. It's by a new poet called Christine Laurie Weber. And she says, Some of you I will hollow out. I will make you a cave. I will carve you so deep the stars will shine in your darkness. You will be a bowl. You will be the cup in the rock collecting rain. I will do this because the world needs the hollowness of you. I will do this because you must be large, a passage. People will find their way through you. A bowl, people will eat from you and their hunger will not weaken them unto death. A cup to catch sacred rain. My daughter, do not cry. Do not be afraid. Nothing you need will be lost. I am shaping you. I am making you ready. Light will flow in your hollowing. You will be filled with light. Your bones will shine. The round center of you will be radiant. I will call you brilliant one. I will call you daughter who is wide. I will call you transformed. These are the closing words. We walk the earth singly or in community, bringing ourselves as we are. We believe humanity can exceed its own expectations. We have joy in relationships play with innovation, turn despair into hope. We keep in mind our own sanctity, the sanctity of earth and all our relations on it. We call upon the north to show us wisdom, the south to learn the task of justice, the west to build community and the east educate us about the power of change. Our voices together make one great sound in the universe. We are one truth, one strong demand for justice, with a great bond of compassion and respect flowing through us. We are all mother, father, child, and elder, somewhere, sometime, in this metaphor, we are the sound of one people and one voice, so let it be. I will sing Carry the Flame. <laughs>